going to half an hour <laughs> of praise and faith and grace and beauty and encouragement and hope with, uh, with Babu Mari. Uh, called the restoration of grace. The restoration of grace. Why? Because grace needs to be restored. There's such a lot of confusion out there about this magnificent thing called grace. So anyway, yesterday, after I, after I shared on a, uh, at, uh, in the morning on a, on a service about um, uh, questions and answers, I had a, I had a question um, with regard to a situation of adultery in the church. And, uh, and I, I made certain comments, and uh, in response to these comments that I made, uh, another couple of posts uh, after my video were made uh, publicly about the situation of adultery. Why? Because, because there's a guy in Italy that is, uh, I wasn't talking about him, I was talking about somebody else, the, the question that had, had been directed at me. But it just so happened that the two situations are similar. So this, this guy who is, a, who is a worship leader, possibly the, the best in, in Italy, has a lot of followers, has a lot of... Uh, and so immediately they came to me and they, they gave me these uh, comments that summed up, basically said, you cannot judge anyone. And, it, and that is right, that is right. And, and, and so what do we do? As Christians, what do we do? We, we live like zombies with no life, no opinion, no influence, no nothing, uh, just just uh, hidden behind our four, four walls, you know, looking and not saying anything about anything. No, Jesus said we are the light of the world. And Paul said that nothing to do with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Now, I'm not saying to you go around and pointing fingers and everything. No, because... Never judge a man. A man is the work of God. Judge what he does. What he does, it's his work. So never judge a man. A man is the work of God. But judge what he does. Because what he does, it's his work. And so we have all these scriptures that allow us to... And don't, don't go looking for, for judgment. Go looking for love. However, when somebody asks you an opinion and you see someone peddling drugs outside the church, don't say, you know, no, you can't judge, you can't judge, you can't judge, and, and, and pull away. No, just have a, have a backbone, have, a, have an opinion, have an influence, do something in your world, create some kind, of a, some kind of a situation, influence in your world whereby people look at you and listen to what you have to say. Don't just say, no, I'm a Christian, I don't judge anybody. Well, have a good life. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, that's the reason why I published that post yesterday. This morning, on top of it, this morning, I saw a verse that surprised me about judgment in John 9, 39. And look at this. This is the story of Jesus going to the going to the temple and healing the, the blind man uh, where, where everybody should have popped champagne and rejoiced and uh, the religious people freaked out and said, ah, he healed you on the Sabbath. 
he's not of God because he can heal you on a Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, but not on Saturday. So, I read this word, this verse, and 9.39 says this. Uh, this is after Jesus uh, healed him, after the, the confrontation with the Pharisees, after they throw him out of the synagogue, after all these things, Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world, that those who do not see may see, and those who see may, not, may, may be made blind. For judgment... Oh, but, excuse me, <laughs> sir. <laughs> Didn't you write in John 12, 47, that you didn't come to judge anybody. John 12, 47. If anyone hears my words and does not believe, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. Okay, all right, wait a minute. All right, we got, here we got a problem. Because over here, we, in this corner, we got Jesus that says, I came to judge the world. And over here in this corner, we, we, we got another Jesus that says, I, I did not come to judge the world, but to save it. All right. So now, how do I how do I reconcile? How do I harmonize these two? Because let me tell you something. There ain't nothing non-harmonious in the Word of God. So somewhere on the line, you need to tweak. You need to focus. You need to find out. You need to scratch. You need to find something. You need to study. You need to ask. You need something because there is no contradiction. So over here we have Jesus says I came to judge. Over here we have Jesus that says I came. I didn't come to judge. So this is what I, I heard in my heart because what Mario says is 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 is, is good. Very good. <laughs> it is very humble. And uh, so it's very profound and everything, but it's not scripture. It's not revelation. It's not revelation. Revelation can come through what I say. Your heart receives something from the Spirit of God that reveals something to you. Okay, so this is what I heard in my spirit. This is what I felt, what I heard in my spirit that Jesus said. I did not come to judge the sin of the world. I came to judge the belief of the world. With the, with the, uh, with the blind man, he was talking to the Pharisees. And he says, I came to judge, and I came into this world to judge this world. That those who do not see me may see. In other words, that the, that the, um, that the, that the, the pagans... They do not see me, they may, come to, they may come to faith, they may see me. And those who think they see me, but they, all they see is a bunch of rules and regulations, they may, they may be blind. So Jesus came in that situation to, 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 to judge the belief, the creed of Israel and of the Pharisees and of the people. Right? But over here, listen to what he says. He says... Uh, if anyone, in John 12, 47, in the other corner, if anyone hears my words and does not believe, in other words, hears my words and sin, it doesn't, it doesn't obey them, it doesn't, doesn't do them, if they don't do my words, in other words, they, they sin, I do not judge him, for I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. So over here we have Jesus that says, I, don't, I do not judge sin, and over here we have Jesus that says, I do judge faith and belief. So in other words, here we have the two camps that totally harmonize themselves 
over here. If you think you if you think you can see, but you but you blind, then I judge you. If you, over here, if you if you don't obey my word, I do not judge you. Isn't that beautiful? How the Bible explains the Bible is magnificent. Amen. So, anyway, that's that was my little revelation this morning. So, and you say I'd like this this morning. I'd like to start a new series from my latest book called The Constitution of the Believer, which is not available yet in English, but I believe is very, very, very important for all this doctrinal confusion in the church. And this is how this book was birthed. One afternoon, not so long ago, in the house of friends in Milan, Italy, while I was about to sip that divine coffee juice called espresso, and please, I beg you, if you're not in Italy, don't call it espresso. Call it coffee, call it uh, uh, Turkish coffee, call it Greek coffee, call it uh, filtered coffee, call it whatever. Don't call it espresso. Espresso is a sacred word that belongs to Italy and nowhere else. Okay? Nobody else in the world can make espresso. Period. Thus saith Mario. Okay. So, after delicious lunch, I was, I was busy sipping this divine uh, liquid. <laughs> and when a lawyer sister just converted, literally blew me away with a statement that she made almost incidentally. And she said, any law proposed in Parliament must comply with the Constitution. Otherwise, it must be amended and appropriately modified. Wow, I immediately thought of all the doctrines, the catechisms, the various opinions and creeds on which I'm regularly attacked and which are so rooted in the mind of Christians and of religionism that they would cloud, if only they could, the beauty and the grace and the truth of Jesus Christ. If what my friend had said was correct, I thought that would... I thought that I would have the opportunity to get a, a plumb line, a spirit level, a litmus test for any law that a pseudo-religious, stagnant, bigoted, and fallacious parliament could try to inculcate me with. So, the idea was certainly worth investigating, and that's the reason for my book. Now let's see how the word constitution is defined by the vocabulary. The constitution of the republic is the fundamental law of the state, which as such occupies the top of the hierarchy of sources in the legal order of the republic. The constitution establishes the principles and ends that the state sets itself and the relationship with and between citizens are regulated. All the other laws of our country must be inspired by and submitted to the Constitution, forming the whole legal system. Right. Now, in other words, the Constitution of a nation is, is, is the supreme law, the top of the legislature, the legislature, the litmus test of all the laws. If someone tries to uphold a law that is not in perfect accord with the Constitution, they will be denounced 
and the proposed law will be reviewed and amended. Said in the words of my lawyer friends, there is a law above all other laws, the fundamental charter or constitution, which dictates the supreme principles to which every law or doctrine must comply. If the parliament or the government or a single minister attempts to promulgate a law or affirms principles contrary to the Constitution, they will inevitably face the scrutiny of the Constitutional Court, the judge of the laws, who will declare it illegitimate or suggest appropriate amendments in line with the Constitution. Or that law could simply just be rejected and never see the light of day. So, a law will only be valid if it does not contradict the primary source of any law or doctrine. Otherwise, it will not be promulgated and should not be observed. And our Constitution is made up of a series of articles, paragraphs and provisions which sovereignly govern the management of the Republic and relations between its citizens. Now, the establishment of the Kingdom of God is similar. It has some unalterable principles to which all other norms, traditions, doctrines, and points of view must submit. In this book, the, in this book, the Constitution of the Believer, I will try to underline a bit broadly what I believe. Note well. Note what I believe. Note well, please. What I believe to be the constitution of the Christian, of the believer. A series of cardinal principles which, in my opinion, are in my opinion, everybody say in my opinion, <laughs> in my opinion, are unassailable, untouchable and sacrosanct. Almost a hyper-law, if I dare use the term. A law above any other law. A law that all other laws must comply with. A law that forms the basis of that constitution that every, Christ, every Christian should have marked in his heart and in his mind. A law formed by a series of clear, simple and scriptural dictates that constitute the core of the divine message. The spirit of the announcement, the essence of the gospel, the heart of grace. There is something in here that God has deposited that look it's almost a, it's almost a, a, an illustration there's something inside this book that <laughs> the, the, that uh, that that forms the the backbone that forms the Rosetta stone that forms the, the deciphering agent of everything else you cannot understand the Bible, you cannot understand any commandment, any rule, any catechism, any doctrine, any, any definition, any sermon, any message, any video, any teaching, any book, any, unless you have this, and this core, core understanding. Take John 3.16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him shall never perish but have eternal, everlasting life. If you come to me and you say, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him might never perish and might have eternal life, provided that He behaves. Uh, I say to you, no, no, that 
is a law that has to conform to the constitution of the believer that says, whosoever believes shall never perish and shall have eternal life. So if that, if what you're proposing does not fit with that, the, the, the constitutional court will repeal it. There we go. So, the only thing Okay, let me, let me say this. After long prayer and meditation and a lot of research, I came up with 23 articles that in my opinion form the backbone of my Christian constitution. Let, 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 me, let me explain it like this. Let me, let me show it like this. Okay, we've got, we've, got a, we've got a building, okay? We've got a building that's called church. Christianity, uh, call it whatever you want to call it. And this building is under a roof, okay? This roof is the New Testament. No, not the Bible, the New Testament. Because the Bible, is the, the, the totality of the Bible is great and is, and, is, and is useful for teaching, for doctrine, for everything. But for us, the only thing that counts in this book is the New Testament. And the New Testament doesn't start with Matthew 1, 1, doesn't start at the crib, doesn't start at the manger, it starts at the cross, John 19, 30. It doesn't start when Jesus is born, it starts when Jesus dies, because the letter to the Hebrews says clearly that without the death of the testator, the, the, the testament is not valid. And come on, use your, use your logic. Since when is a testament or a will valid while the person is still alive. The person needs to die so that the will of that person comes into a legal status. So Jesus' New Testament was not valid until Jesus died. And that's why the, the veil split from top to bottom. God exited that, that limited space reserved for Israel, came out and re-established the tabernacle of David that was open to everybody and that everybody could participate. It came out of the temple made with man's hands and went into the temple made with God's hands, into your heart, into your spirit. That is the beginning of the New Testament, not the crib. So, Mary, what did Jesus do during, you know, in the, in the Gospels? He preached to Israel. It's, I mean, I don't have time now, but there are, there are dozens of scriptures that point to the fact that Jesus came only for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He came to preach to his own, and his own didn't uh, accept him. He, he, he was born of a woman, born under the law, to minister to those who were under the law. So many scriptures that say Jesus came for Israel, and as a rabbi to Israel, he spoke to Israel. However, because he's the word of God, and so is the, the Old Testament, you, have, you can take something like, like, the, like the, apostolic, uh, the apostolic prayer in John 15, 16, 17, that in various passages you can take principles and you can take statements and you can, you can adapt them to your life. You can receive them through the Spirit of God. You can receive them for your life. But Jesus came principally to speak to the house of Israel as a rabbi under the old covenant. At the cross, the new covenant was instituted. When did Jesus say, this is the blood of the new covenant with which... When did he say, this is the blood, of, this, is, this is the new covenant in my blood? 
at the Last Supper, right? He was indicating, he was illustrating the fact that his blood had not been shed yet. The, the Lamb of God who, who takes away the sin of the world had not been sacrificed yet on the cross, even though prophetically and eternally speaking, it was sacrificed before the foundation of the world, but before the beginning of time. But it wasn't, it hadn't, it hadn't, uh, 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 shed his blood yet on the cross to be able to take it and bring it, take it to the Father beyond the veil and get all humanity accepted in the presence of God through his sacrifice, through his blood. So, <laughs> this, this is the roof, okay, the new covenant. Under this roof, there are 23 pillars. 23 pillars that are holding up this roof, this new covenant roof. Okay? These are the 23 articles that, in my opinion, form the backbone of my Christian constitution. And the following is clearly a personal summary of that. And certainly not exhaustive. But despite this, in my opinion, in my opinion, everybody said in Baba's opinion, today, in my opinion, this list of constitutional articles is accurate enough to be able to provide my listeners with the filter with which to sift through any doctrine proposed to them. In other words, here we have the roof, the, the, the New Testament, the 23 pillars that hold up this whole building, the temple of the New Covenant, the temple of the, the temple made with hand, the, the picture of that which was made by, by man's hand that has now been made by God's hand inside your heart. That there are some there are some rules, some regulations, some some laws that are, that have to be accepted by the constitution of the king of the king of the of, of the kingdom. And so if they don't apply, if they don't submit, if they don't align, if they don't synchronize, if they don't harmonize with that uh, with that law, with that constitution. They simply have to be rejected. Oh, the only thing I ask you to do before accepting or rejecting, because I'm, I'm not saying that you must accept it, you must use your head, you must use your heart, you must use your spirit. The same God that lives in me lives in you. So ask Him, ask Him, check, check with Him, check with the Holy Spirit, check with your heart. But don't check with tradition, don't check with doctrine, don't check with the stuff that has been stuffed into your, into your head since decades ago because this is like that because the pastor said it because the denomination says it because no why don't you ask the author of this whole thing ask him ask just before you read before before you listen to my videos or whatever you read uh, or whatever uh, or you listen to me uh, just ask the spirit of god okay spirit stop me halt me check me warn me uh, fly a red flag in front of my eyes if what Mario says is not right according to scripture. Not according to tradition of what you all has been taught according to scripture. And with the Holy Spirit in you that, that brings testimony, that testified. Look what John 5, 37 and 39 says. The Father himself who sent me has testified in me. The Father, God has testified in me. 
And yet you search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and these are which they testify of me. Inside here, there's a, a testification. There's, a, there's, a, there's something that testifies of Christ, of the Spirit of God. Not the scriptures, not the, light, not the letter, not the, not the book, not the paper, not the ink. The Word was made flesh, not paper. So, listen to that voice inside your heart that says, yea or nay. Listen to the peace of God. Allow the Spirit of God to tell you whether what we're going to say this week, and maybe, who knows, the following weeks. I mean, it's 23, 23 laws or so. It's, okay. it's up to six months. I don't think we'll go that far. But anyway, whatever, whatever, whatever happened. Uh, listen to what, to what these principles, these laws... These, these articles of the Constitution, which I believe is the Constitution of the believer, the real Constitution of the believer, listen to what they say and check with your heart. Check, check with your heart whether there is peace there, whether I'm talking, I'm talking truth, whether I'm quoting scripture, or I'm talking out of the top of my head. Because any doctrine, any belief, any tradition which is presented to you from the pulpit in a book, in a teaching, in a video, in any form or manner, if it's not in line even with just one of the articles of this Constitution, these articles which I call constitutional, that doctrine, that message, that sermon, that book, that video, must change. Simple. Amen. <laughs> so, tomorrow we start. Tomorrow we start with the first article of the Constitution that says forgiveness for the Christian is instantaneous, total, and eternal. This is the first article of what I believe is the Constitution of the believer. So, amen. Let's pray. Abba, Daddy, God, thank you. Thank you, thank you that you've given us a plumb line. You've given us a a litmus test. You've given us something with which to check everything that might be thrown at us under the guise of um, television preachers or, or famous authors or, or successful uh, pastors or whatever it is, or established denominations. No, it's got to be checked through that, that plumb line that says, Jesus loves me, this I know. All the rest is relatively important. So Abba Daddy God, thank you for blessing South Africa. Please keep this thing, kick it back where it belongs in hell, this virus, and bless every beautiful person that's watching. Bless everyone with your presence, with your power, with your grace, with your strength. I love you. A big hug from Mario. I'll see you tomorrow.